0: Thomas today, recording kind of a cool recovery story because it's acting as kind of a community resource and a recovery story, 2 in one today. Thomas is about to graduate from and Wellness Court. He has been sober for three years on the 20th? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, on the 20th. 25th, right? 25th. 25th. Yeah. yeah. All right.
1: Yeah, so we'll kind of... Um, <laughs> Could I... I <laughs> I graduate um, on the twentieth. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, Thomas will graduate from Henu, the Henu Court program, on the twentieth of this month, which this month is uh, March, which is awesome because that means we're like getting out of winter, I believe. <laughs> um, but you no, know, to comment on what you were saying about the the two in one, or as you put it, as a resource and as a recovery. If I was to think back, like when we first started. The idea would be that we would eventually be recording, we would eventually be recording with people in a community where they were able to find recovery through the resources in our community, and I think that is you know what we're seeing today. So it is just, uh, I guess it's it's just something I'm thankful for that's that's occurring, you know, that people are and finding recovery with the resources here in the community. You know, it's a yeah, blessing absolutely. to to have them. So, um, yeah, that's what I had to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So um, how, actually, my first question is, how did you hear about Henu on Kind of <clears throat> What got you involved there?
2: So I uh, got in trouble in Kenai. And I had ended up doing probably eight months in jail. And I went to the Salvation Army and I failed the Salvation Army. And got kicked out, and then I probably did another six, six plus when months. When you when you f-
1: mean that you fail, like you were doing it as like a, a community. No, I I, of... I was in rehab. Okay. I did the okay.
2: Salvation Army uh, rehab program. Oh, okay. It was SARP or something like that? Sure, sure. But uh, I ended up getting discharged for behavioral issues. My dad had died, and I just kind of I kind of lost wow. all emotions and didn't really care about people that mm-hmm. much. So I expressed that. Yeah. But uh, I went back to jail after getting kicked out. And my attorney Joe Montague came up to me, and he's like, "Thomas, I want to try one more time. You know, I just found this program. I think it would fit for you. I I really want you to try this. Will you give it a shot?" And I just kind of had no hope. Like I was like, I was ready to sit down and do my time, you know. And I said, "All right, man. If if you think that this place will get me out, I'll do it." You know. So I signed the papers. Two months later, I got out, <laughs> and I've been rocking it ever since.
1: Nice. So when you say you got out, you were in jail at the time, or yeah, I was. Okay. In, I was
2: incarcerated, uh-huh. and <clears throat> from it took two months. Okay. Usually, it doesn't take them that long from signing the papers. Mm-hmm. But when I had signed the papers, and uh, I was, sadly, like I
1: said, I just I don't know all of the the stuff, so I have to ask questions that probably seem like no brainers. But when you say the paper was it kind of a paper that says i want to participate in henu I mean, no you, it was or... a whole
2: packet <laughs> uh, sure i had to i had to sign sign uh initial sign sign, <laughs> sign. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was my life right for sure
1: but it but was the packet overall like to to participate in this program yeah okay. yeah it
2: was to become uh, not a volunteer but a, a participant okay. to become a member mm-hmm. of the henu uh program and i i'm one of the first ten, so wow. that's pretty exciting yeah And I didn't know that at the time, but when I got out, I got to meet the participants and I was just, I got to see my environment. I mean, I was just, not to sound um, ungrateful, but I was just handed stuff and I was grateful, you know, Mm -hmm. but I mean, when I got handed all that stuff, I just... I started to see the stability. I started to gain interest in the things that I had instead of trying to cluck it off and sell it and get rid of it and look at uh, at everything with a value tag. You know, everything had a price tag. But when I got out, I just was like, man, I don't want to lose this. Mm -hmm. This is important. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. I need this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... The, I I actually I'm only I'm limiting myself to these tangents like one or two uh, podcasts because I normally just go off too much. But this is really I think something I've been thinking about a lot. So I was at this thing a few weeks ago, and somebody was talking about accountability. But like accountability in that, like if you do this, like if you do something wrong, like you're going to face negative consequences, right? But I really think like what really keeps me accountable is not necessarily like the fear of punishment, what keeps me accountable is like, I know that if I behave in ways that aren't appropriate, that I will lose things that I care about, such as support, such as friends, such as the care that is shown to me. Yeah. And that's a different type of accountability, you know? It's not like a fear of, of facing these bad consequences. It's more just that like, hey, I have things to lose here that I really don't want to. and And, you know, these are the people and care around me. And it seems like... Like, you kind of were like, hey, this is the type of... Like, I have people that care about me. I have a support system here. And you know that you're somewhat accountable. You you need to be accountable in order to continue to, to get those things. You know, I just yeah. think that's such a, such a cool... It's just a different approach to what is normally, like, accountability. You know, it's just a different approach to it.
2: Well, and it's, it's the true form of it, yeah. you know? Because, I mean... If you don't have accountability, your integrity is nothing because mm-hmm. if people can't rely on you for things, if you can't show up, if you can't do this, you know, and an attack on my integrity that I just built would be saying that I have no accountability mm-hmm. and I just, I can't stand for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's just, those words are just as important to me as my Xbox, my TV, my, my money that I'm getting from my job like those are all important to me those are all my stability you know Mm -hmm. I rely on those things I can't have somebody shatter my integrity my accountability and most of the time that's only on me Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. those are important words
0: I think that's like something from our conversation with Shara um, in our Henu podcast that we did at just like the community resource podcast is I think like and maybe you can kind of talk about your experience with this too i think that's kind of like the atmosphere that they, they aim to cultivate you know what i mean like yeah. it's the opposite of the punitive like the negative consequences like if you do this you're going to jail like that's like a kind of a fear-based negative consequence you know what i mean where yeah. it's like you know a few like it's just more of a loving environment i guess is kind of what i'm really getting into you know it's a kind of it's like the goal yeah. Which I think like having you on here is huge because it shows that it works, you know I mean I think like,
2: Absolutely, it does. I, mm-hmm.
0: I think people in our community and other communities that like are pretty typical blue collar communities, you know, don't really want to <laughs> they don't aren't really willing to go there, you know what I mean? It's like enabling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enabling. But I think like that's really cool, man. Like like that's one of the first things you brought up. It's like this positive accountability where like dude, it, it I care about these things, and like I just don't want to lose them that way. You know, like I think that's super huge for humans in general. Yeah. But.
2: One of the first phases they put you through is called the trust phase, mm-hmm. and I got to learn of it firsthand because I had I've only made one mistake in this program, and that was my accountability, and I immediately fixed it. I ended up I ended up not being able to. Uh, I missed a meeting with my probation officer, uh, the Hennu probation officer. And then she ended up missing one, and then I missed another one. So it was like a whole week of us just kind of playing tag. Well, in my mind, I thought it was all right. But in reality, that was me being unaccountable. You know, I wasn't showing up on time. I was not making it to the meetings. It doesn't matter what was happening on her part because she's not a participant. You know, she's, a, she's my probation officer. I have to listen. I have to obey. I got to abide. But um, I corrected myself. They ended up giving me a sanction. They said that if you don't miss uh, a meeting or anything within the next two weeks, uh, we'll remove the sanction. And that ended, up, that ended up happening. So, I mean, all I had to do was just correct myself. And it hasn't been the same ever since. I've been better. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're saying the trust and the, the, the family, like they, if you mess up, sure, if you catch a new charge, they can't really help you because you went out and you did more crime. You know, if if it's in-house and you get high or you, you know, back talk or you have a little bit of attitude and you need an adjustment, they'll help. And they don't kick you out right away. No, they they sit there and they hold you and they, they just say, tell us what's going on. You know, if you mess up, tell us. Don't hide it. Don't run away. Don't go and make it worse. Come to us and tell us. Be upfront and honest and everything will be all right. Mm-hmm. And I mean that is the, I've never had such a feeling like that except for by my mom.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah.
0: What was that your experience like in that stage? Was it kind of like at the beginning? Was it pretty difficult, and then just kind of got, or did it get easier? Or does it still kind of remain hard? Or?
2: So it it gets easier, but I mean you you kind of lose track of time. It does fly mm-hmm. by, but I mean there's there's so much they keep you so busy. Because in the beginning, I mean, you're going to meetings five days a week. You're you're required to go to three NA meetings uh, a week, and that's that goes through the weekend. Your classes don't go through the weekend, so they keep you busy, you know? And as long as you're honest and you're doing that work that they're providing for you, like, I mean, you really have to go out of your way to cause some trouble, you know, to go out and go and find a, a terrible environment to get either uh, strung back up in or get high or uh, commit more crimes, you know, you, you have to go and look for it and you got to let that, that, uh, addiction take over and just not care, you know? As you, uh, continued through the, uh,
1: the Henu process, what, uh, can you just, because I, I haven't talked to any, as far as I'm aware, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that's gone through the, uh the entire program so what were uh can you can
2: you kind of walk me through that a little more yeah um so i can't really remember what the names are sure no <laughs> no, no no that's okay but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um in the beginning was the trust and i mean that was pretty much that was the the foundation on my life today mm-hmm. like i i still today and am i'm so honest it's ridiculous. I, I am so honest. I tell people up front how I feel. I have strong barriers, you know, and that's... You have to have will. Your will has to push all that out. You have to create that for yourself. They give you the tools, but that first phase, that trust phase, is just... It's it's so important. Um, going through and graduating through the trust phase is... Uh,
1: so you graduate each phase? Yeah. Okay. So you okay. you...
2: So, there's the four phases, and you graduate through each one, and you have to meet the requirements. Mm -hmm. So, there's, uh, saying the first one, there's um, an I Am test, or not an I Am test, an I Am poem. So, you pretty much just write a poem about yourself. I Am, and then so on. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, they have you do an uh, uh, an Ancestry report to kind of find out where you are, where you're from, who your family is, you know, and uh, I never really thought about that. Like I always knew I had family, but I never thought of investigating them or finding out more about them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they helped me get more connected with my family and I didn't even really know it at first. Mm-hmm. You know, at first I was like, Oh, great homework. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I did it and I learned things about my family, myself. How'd you, yeah. Program.
1: How did that, uh, how'd you, what was your experience with that? Um, you, 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 did you find it like pretty
2: beneficial? Like, Yeah, I ended up finding out my, my mom's dad was uh, my mom, my mom's mom, and my mom's dad. So my grandma and my grandpa, I never really met him, but uh, my grandpa smuggled my grandma through Canada. She was an American, and he was a Canadian, and they ended up meeting somewhere in between, and then he got her to Canada and smuggled her back to Alaska. So he was like this big... Like international criminal, <laughs> and I was I was surprised. I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> but that that was the biggest piece of information, right? But other than that, I just found out that I got more family down in the states that I didn't know about. You know, mm-hmm. Just had to investigate. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool.
1: So as you you graduate from the trust phase and then you you move into the next one, what do you what do you think in I mean, because if by then right, forty five days have gone by. And I imagine, I don't mean to make assumptions, but so you start, you start out with the program and, and you probably have like some hesitancies to, or, or, I mean, what are your, I guess, how are you kind of, you know, your inside perspective, how are you like feeling after
2: 45 days? Man, so I'm an addict. Sure. Through and through. Like, sure. I mean, drugs never leave my mind. Sure. You know, it's just the act of doing them that gets you in trouble. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's a struggle every day. I mean, when I got out, it was a struggle. I saw people relapse. I saw people finding outlets. They would find uh, different substances. Oh, this one doesn't get into your system. This one does. Oh, be careful with this. And like, it was all around you constantly, you know? But as I got to see it and not participate in it, I got to see the people that I thought were cool and not be cool. So it helped me build stronger boundaries. I ended up seeing some people do some things, and I just, man... I didn't want to be like that no more. And mm-hmm. that program, this program, Enu, I mean, I believe they let you see it, you know? It's like uh, uh, the drunk goggles, you know? They're like, look, it's out there. and just, You're going to fall down. You're not going to be able to keep walking if you keep going that direction, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I wanted to stay the course. There's Stay the course. The, the good and the bad (laughs) and the longer i kept walking in the good i didn't have to worry about the bad it was always behind me it's always going to be there the dope will always be there it will forever always be changing getting worse getting better whatever you want to consider it there it's constant you know but so is the good the good is constant the the things that you get the people that you meet you know i have a very strict circle i don't really like meeting people i'm not prejudiced. I'm not racist. I just really don't like everybody equally. You know? So... I mean, yeah. Some people are fun to hang out with and some aren't. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) But to just keep going, you know, didn't matter the days. Everything kind of blended together. And when I got to the living well phase, I believe that was the end of the second. It's the third. Yeah. So once I got out of the second and into the third... I really had the, the the maintenance of a job. I had no classes, so, so you had a you had a
1: job during this
2: because I was thinking I was
1: like okay you're on a meeting Saturdays a week you're doing all these other things yeah how are people because I, I listened to the Henu podcast and I knew that there was some housing but it wasn't always you know there may have been some other um, some other can I see, uh divisions that may have occupied some of those at some time making it to our Henu court Henu um, like housing for people that were in there would, would be limited. Um, so how, and I'm wondering, okay, how are people,
2: you know, getting by? So you're, you're working too. So they, they start you off with the five classes mm-hmm. uh, for five days and that goes through the first and second. And then they, they start weaning it back. Sure. So instead of having the five days, five classes, you'll have three classes and it'll be every other day. Mm-hmm. And then once you get through those classes, they start pushing towards a job. Okay, you need to start doing this. You need to start doing that. Are you doing schooling? Are you doing anything to keep yourself productive? Are you doing volunteer work? So it's it's not like they're forcing it on your plate. They're just they're showing you this is the food you need to eat. This is good food. We're offering it to you. You know, choose one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Choose two. You know, just eat the food we're giving you. Don't go over there and eat that junk food. Come over here. Eat this clean, healthy food that is prosperous and generous and you know overwhelming at sometimes mm-hmm. but they they start cutting you back and then you start to get the job you start to do uh, get back into schooling and then you just you start becoming this productive member of society you know and it doesn't just happen but it does just happen you know you don't notice it you're just like oh crap you know you look back three months and you're like oh I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm making it I'm being successful I'm being productive. I'm not using dope. I'm not hanging out with the wrong type of people, you know. And it all just kind of collides, and then it stretches on, you know. But it 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 snaps back real quick too, because I mean the time flies by. I, I I it does not feel like it's been eighteen months. I'll tell you that much. It feel it feels more like maybe eight. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You, earlier you talked about uh, some. I asked like what you. What are some of like the major aspects of your life, or some of your major hobbies? You want to talk about some of those?
2: So, some are learned and some are old. Um, definitely working. Working mm-hmm. was never a hobby before, right? And now I really like <laughs> working. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the job. I like manual labor more. I'm working on my GED so I can get a better job. Oh, cool. But cool. money, <laughs> money is a hobby. Um, something I've carried through my life is Xbox and gaming, Mm -hmm. uh, online gaming and stuff. I mean, that keeps me so centered. Like, I don't, I don't think about drugs when I'm playing games, Mm -hmm. when I'm sitting there online doing my thing, like drugs don't even come into it because I'm so busy. I'm so interactive with it. I just want to get those top scores. I want to make the the body count, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it keeps me busy. It's a good outlet. Yeah. It is. You know, just. Don't go too heavy into it, you know. Don't ever not leave your house, you know. You gotta get out. <laughs> sure. Some healthy boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do have to set boundaries. Um, for the summertime, I mean the beach. This place is so beautiful. And I love camping. I love campfires. I love the beach. I love finding things. I mean, I found agate. Well, me and my, my ex found an agate. I mean, this is the size of my hand, man. Mm-hmm. And I mean this sucker was heavy and beautiful. it's just it's something to, to awe at and so i i pushed myself for those that that was a learned habit a learned hobby i wanted those i want to go down there and i want to enjoy the sunshine the beach whether it's cold rainy windy you know i want to go down there mm-hmm. so it's just <clears throat> i'm starting to build all these hobbies and stuff i mean that that was probably my best one last summer working in the beach i was there all the time
1: really constantly. that's cool yeah i want to i want to get out to the beach more this summer Definitely get out, man. Do it. I uh, I have every summer. I I look at him like that because I say it every summer and then I don't do. it. But, oh, no! But this, this, but same thing. This is the summer. This is it. <laughs> this this is, is, it. is the one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I know. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, so did did you did you grow up around around uh, the Soldano Kenai area?
2: No, I was born in Anchorage. Okay. I lived probably in between here in Soldatna and I can't remember the other place but on the peninsula bounced back and forth between one and two or one and three and then I ended up getting taken away by my mom because things weren't good down here with her and my dad so Mm -hmm. she took me away we lived in uh, Anchorage Taquitna Wasilla it was just all over the place but my main my main home was Anchorage yeah and then it kind of weaned out between Anchorage and Wasilla And I just constantly bounced back between the two destinations. Um, I ended up, uh, I had a good job. I was homeless for a little bit between 18 and 21. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, uh, I ended up getting some money and I ended up uh, renting to own this house. And I signed some fake papers. (laughs) You got scammed? (laughs) Oh man, hard. I came home, (laughs) I was working at Great Alaskan Holidays and, uh, it's an RV rental dealership and I was mm-hmm. housekeeping and I was pouring all my money into this place and I came home one day and there are these people in my home with my landlord <laughs> and I was like the homeowner guy I was like what's going on he goes oh well you gotta go and I was like what do you mean I gotta go he's like well these people this is their home and then I started getting yelled at and almost attacked by the people they're like you need to leave get your out of here go and i was just like oh my gosh so i called my stepdad and i called the police and i was just like what do i do the cops show up my dad shows up my stepfather he showed they're all showing up and the cops tell me that i have 30 days to leave because they can prove that i've been living here but they cannot prove that i am i have any signed papers no documents no nothing and the, the 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 landlord guy was sitting there saying that, oh, he's just been staying there. He's a freeloader, blah, blah, blah. Yet I have the whole upstairs and downstairs, furniturized, TVs, like all my stuff is here. I mean, no way I'm freeloading in this house by myself <laughs> like this. You know, there's no way. But that spiraled my drug, my addiction. Right. I ended yeah, up, sure. I ended up starting shooting and smoking and selling and it spiraled out of control from there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: But then you, uh, you know, it sounds like today you're,
2: you're thriving. Absolutely, you know, I love my life today. Yeah, I was very angry before. I didn't really. I mean, I my like for people today is better. Mm -hmm. My like for people in my past was worse Mm because I didn't care about your well being. I didn't care about the person next to me. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I mean, it was what you had. Back to the price tag. Everything had a price tag. Mm -hmm. Your shoes. Your watch. What do you need from the store? I'll go boost it. Uh, oh, look at that car. It's running. Everything. Didn't matter. You know, if it was a person, a, a girl, a guy, I mean, if that person wanted that person, oh, I can connect it. Hold on. Oh, you want to hurt them, beat them up? Okay, cool. Hold on. Oh, you need drugs? Okay, boom, boom, boom. You know, and I didn't care if it was going to kill you. I didn't tell you how much to take. I didn't tell you nothing. You know, if it was good or bad, I can get it for you. You know, mm-hmm. today, I, I, I love people more. I'll tell Mm -hmm. you, I don't want to hurt nobody around me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to hurt my family. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to hurt my integrity. You know, I built this. I built myself. You know, it's not a persona. It's it's not a facade. It's nothing fake. You know, this is as real as I've ever been. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, besides my childhood. That was probably the realest part of my life besides right now. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, Thomas, it sounds like you're one you know your life is like you said like I said earlier you know you're, you're thriving and I think you're you know an inspiration for for pretty much all you know all people I think you can inspire those around you and I'm and I'm thankful that you were able to able to do this today and like I said before the podcast too is I think it's just so powerful to, to have something where Alaskans can hear about other alaskans you know recovering you know and i think that that's powerful um if there's you know any what would you want to say to you know to people who you know maybe in recovery now or maybe you know still living with addiction today what, what would be some of those uh some of those
2: things you want people to know that would be to not give up man. to 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 find the help you know You're not a lost cause jail is not the last option you know don't don't settle the rot you know thrive we're out there people are out there that want to help you there are programs that are there for you specifically you know don't stop searching that's that's like the the biggest message that i could possibly throw out there because i almost gave up you know if it wasn't for my attorney i mean i wouldn't have I wouldn't have been here. I wouldn't have been able to be here speaking. You know, I wouldn't be this person today. Mm-hmm. He gave me that that uh, that insight that he never stopped. So that means I should never stop too. You know, I shouldn't stop too. Mm-hmm. I should keep going. He yeah, inspired I think what, me.
1: What I think of when you're when you say that about you know your attorney not stopping, I, I think that probably somewhere in you you think, man maybe I'm worth fighting for, you know? Yes. Because like, he did that, you know? That's really cool.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Thomas, for coming and talking to us today about Henu Wellness Court and sharing your story with us today. I think this is, this is super cool, man. It's super... I think it's important for the community and for people to know that, like, people recover, man. It's like, like you said, it's no lost hope, no lost causes. Like, there's people and places in this community that care about you. Want to see you better? You want to see you thrive like Thomas is today. Thank you so much for joining us today, you and I, keynote.